This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranded Safety. Today, I'm going to do another Rebranded Safety Reacts. Rebranded Safety reacts to the fire alarm that went off in my hotel at 5.30 in the morning when I was actually staying up in Scumthorpe to deliver fire marshal training. How ironic is that? Let's jump into the intro. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution or one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviors. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risplur. What's up, peace? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is the YouTube channel I'm podcast doing exactly what it says on the turn so if you're new here hit that subscribe button and the bell so you can never miss another episode so before we get into my fire alarm going off at 5 30 in the morning and rudely awakening awakening me rebranded safety is brought to you by risk fluent risk fluent is me and sherry it's our company it's the the birth of this well i suppose rebranding safety was the, the first child and then that gave birth to risk fluent but risk fluent was always there um in a nutshell we provide loads of stuff and um, we've just brought everything over to the risk fluent website so go check out riskfluentlimited.com all of the rebranding safety stuff is now riskfluentlimited.com so the merch if you haven't got any merch you need to go check that out we've got if you're watching on YouTube, we've got these flat peak caps, the safe ones. So we sign out on the podcast with safe every single episode. You get t-shirts, hoodies with that safe uh, logo on there. You can also get a safe high vis, you can get a safe mug. You can get all of that shit, cool as shit. Unfortunately, we're still stuck with UK shipping. Trying to work it out, people. I know we've had a couple of requests for people that want to get them uh, to Netherlands, and we have one for New Zealand as well, and we have one for America as well. Um, I, I'm working on it. I am working on it. I have no idea how to solve this problem. This is a new problem for me. I have never dealt with fucking international shipping of anything before. But ultimately, Go to riskfluentlimited.com. You can find out everything we do there from technical health and safety to making some videos for your, your business. Loads of shit that we can do. So, I was staying up in Scunthorpe. It was a mediocre day. It wasn't overly sunny. It wasn't overly dull. It was a long drive, around 2 hours 40 minutes roughly, to get from Northamptonshire to Scunthorpe. Maggie's home. It was a Sunday afternoon and I was driving up to Scumfort because on the Monday I had a, not an early start but it was a long drive to, to, to have to get up there for like nine. Really I'd have to be up there for about half eight so I'd have had to get up at like half four or five o'clock. So I went and stayed up on the Sunday. I went and stayed up there on a Sunday, had a nice beer with the, with the client, um, reason, nice small dinner, just wanted a small dinner, so I just had a rump steak and chips, which was nice. Um, then I went to bed. I got back into the hotel room, went to sleep pretty much straight. I had a bit of admin work to do. Um, the mandatory phone call with Sherry, checking on the family, and then I went to sleep. Pretty much out like a light. And then 5 o'clock slash 5.30ish, somewhere in there, the fucking sound. Rip, 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 
fuck me. It was so loud. I shot out of bed. My fucking heart's going 10 to a dozen. I'm like full on gone from deep sleep to wide awake. I am in panic mode. I wake up and I'm in a hotel room. And when I'm in my home, if I've got to get up really early, I have like this black um, clock that sits on the far end of my bedroom. And it's got this obnoxious loud sound to it, right? And it gets me out of bed and you have to get out of bed to go and turn it off. So I pretty much fucking shoot out of bed and go and turn it off before it wakes the whole fucking house up, right? And I'm in this hotel room, the fire alarm's going off and I'm looking for this alarm. I'm looking for that alarm. Even though I know that I'm in Scunthorpe, I'm looking for that alarm. I could see it in my vision. I could actually see that clock. And then I'm like, oh, the clock's not here. What's, oh yeah, I'm in the hotel room. So I'm like, oh, it must be my phone. So I walk over to my phone and I pick my phone up and it's so loud. And I'm just like overwhelmed by how loud it is. And then I'm like, oh, so I go to start getting my laptop out of my bag, right? This is true. I'm not exaggerating. I go to get my laptop out of my bag and then it start, I start to realise, oh, it's the fucking fire alarm. So I'm like, right, it's fire alarm. So I quickly just put some clothes on um, and I put some shoes on and then I'm out the door and, and then it stops. Just as I've got like a second trainer on, it stops. And I had in this moment, my brain was like, right, just get back into bed. It's a false alarm, get back into bed. And then my fire risk assessor slash health and safety professional brain kind of came in and was like, no, that could just be a fault with the system. There might actually be a fire. It's better to get out of your room and go and check, right? Um, don't assume. So I was like, better to check, you know, than, than go back to bed for the sake of what? 20 minutes sleep. Uh, my alarm's going off in like, 20 minutes anyway so I put my shoes on put my coat on and I go downstairs just to check everything's alright and get a bit of fresh air I go downstairs oh, I'm really sorry it's a false alarm there's only one other guy standing down there of like not staff there's only one other um, person staying at the hotel downstairs so I said oh has, has anyone come down said no no just you and that other guy and then one other guy came down and said oh is everything all right and said, like, yeah, yeah i said that it three people come down should yeah three people so yeah i mean ultimately it, it is scary right that only three people come down even after what we've seen in the last what five years with Grenfell you know after all of the conversations on the news about fire safety out of everybody kind of screaming that the governments and builders and big wig companies are not taking our fire safety seriously they don't care about us it turns out that we don't fucking care about ourselves either i mean i mean how i just so you might have gone but it was a false alarm james yeah it was a false alarm it was yeah but what if it fucking wasn't if, if it is a false alarm, I'm a bit annoyed because I've gone downstairs and I could have been in bed. But if it's not a false alarm, I'm fucking dead. Like, I'm not being funny. I'd rather lose fucking 20 minutes sleep. But we just don't seem to have that fucking mindset, do we? We have this mindset of like, our convenience, desi our, our desire for convenience literally 
literally is stronger than our desire to live because it's overpowered by this this just sheer false sense of fucking pure safety that our desire for convenience our desire for comfort literally overpowers our desire to fucking live it is phenomenal and you might say oh that's bollocks james you're taking this from a fucking fire alarm that's bollocks it's not bollocks otherwise we won't be having a fucking obesity crisis we wouldn't we wouldn't have a drug crisis because we've become so comfortable in our lives that it's it's all about comfort and and sustenance and and just like absorbing amazing stuff and making our life amazing that all negativity or all potential uh, risk just won't happen to us it happens to somebody else who's who lives in those those poor third world countries for example like our fucking comfort our privilege has literally brainwashed us so much that we perceive ourselves to be so immaculately safe that even when we see it happening in front of us on the news a block of flat, someone's fucking home, up in flames, it still doesn't change the way that we react to a fire alarm. And, I mean, just just, just to kind of... Just to bring home the fact that I'm not exaggerating here, I'll tell you a little story, which I've, I've told, I think, many times before, in training at, at least, but maybe on the podcast. Um, I used to work in a manufacturing environment where we had a, a explosive atmosphere. Um, so fire was a big issue for us, right? And um, I can't remember the kind of the pre-context to it, but essentially um, around the, the, if you imagine you've got like a factory divided into like four, you would like conversion machines, which are like turned bubble wrap into envelopes, a warehouse in the middle, uh, co-extrusion for plastics, which was non-explosive, and then co-extrusion for foam, for foam, which was explosive. And I'm in the foam plant. And in the foam plant, you've got like this huge kind of walkway that's raised that you can essentially overlook everything. And um, we were doing a, a fire drill um, and um, me and the plant supervisor for foam um, was stood on the top of there and we wanted to kind of observe, observe what was going on, right? And um, the fire alarm went off. Uh, so someone in my team had kind of set it off for us and they were running it and we were observing it. So the fire alarm went off and this apprenticeship, this apprentice, sorry, machine apprentice in the foam area immediately started the shutdown process for the machine uh, and also it connects to like gas and stuff like that, uh, gas shutoffs anyway. So immediately started shutting down the machine. Just as he started shutting down the machine and started walking away, um, the, the his trainer, his kind of person that was shadowing an experienced machine operator, he come in and said, what What are you doing? He said, oh, fire alarm's going off. I'm shutting the machine down. I'm evacuating. And the guy went, no, 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 no. It's not. It's, it's just a drill, mate. Well, yeah, but we're still going to get out. No, nah, no, nah, it's not a real fire, mate. Shutters haven't come down. I said, what are you on about? The shutters haven't come down, so it's not a real fire. When we did the drills and when we tested the alarm, we always used to turn off the outgoing signals. Um, so that meant, like, the automatic shutters didn't come down to, like, in case, in case the explosive area off, like protect it basically. And um, he was like, "Ah, oh, shuts haven't come down. It's not a real fire." 
So, I mean, this is fascinating for a few reasons that they'd kind of designed their own hierarchy of alarms and that when the shutters come down, they, they were like, shit, that's a real fire. Um, but when it doesn't come down, it's just a drill. Now, that's making a big assumption that the shutters aren't just fucking broke and there is a real fire that's gradually making its way towards your explosive atmosphere. I mean, and and just this, this like, non-evidence-based process in our head has happened. We've got nothing to back up that that is tangible. We've got no capacity to fail. If that fucking fire just goes down there, that thing is boom. And he had then passed that on to The Apprentice, and it was like, oh, shit. So, like, a few months later, no, quite a while later, because we didn't want to, uh, we wanted to leave it some time to make sure people forgot about that, we did another drill. Um, and we didn't turn off the outgoings, and we it just let the building react like it would react in an actual fire. And fucking panic ensued. Honestly, everyone fucking freaked. So, it was interesting that when we had kind of worked out their own hierarchy of alarm, they kind of panicked and, and evacuated. Great. But this assumption of a false alarm is hugely dangerous. Hugely dangerous. We constantly assume it's a drill or a false alarm. And I and I still stand by. I know I got a couple of people message me off the back of a video. It wasn't a lot, just a couple of people off the back of a video or podcast I did where we talked about drilling um for for evacuation. And I said stop telling stop surprising people when you do your drills. You need to tell them it's a drill. The point is to practice it, uh, not to test people. The point is to practice and learn, not to test. And I had a few people come back and disagree. Therefore, we should do the surprise one. I, I stand by. I I don't care. <laughs> I stand by this. It should be a drill, not a surprise. Because the more we surprise people with drills, the more we are voting towards them checking if it's a drill or not. Because they need to make sure if that their reaction is is a fair trade off to not working. Because our priority is to work. Our priority is to have a successful day, right? So every time we do a surprise drill, we're telling them that I'm just wasting your time. I know it's not a waste of time. I know that. I know there is a person behind it. But in their head, they're like, it's just a drill, but I've got shit to do. I've got deadlines to hit. I'm under shitloads of pressure. And it, it, for me, it creates this heuristic in their brain, check if it's a drill. And they even make up their own hierarchy of alarms to go, the shutters aren't down, it's a drill, with, without any communication. They just do that themselves. That's what fucking humans do. They solve problems to make sure that we can do the work. And I stand by the fact that one day I'm going to find the fucking paper that says that this is based on science, and I'm going to kick my ass every day that I can't remember what it was called. If you know what it is, please send it to me. Um, but essentially, every day that we surprise people on drills, we are, we are, I think, reinforcing that heuristic to check if it's a drill before, before we can't, before we evacuate. And, and I think that's a serious problem.
I was talking to somebody from aviation the other day who used the example of um, of the grounded um, plane that set uh, burst in flames with a German air, German air or something like that. I can't remember, and um, it just burst into flames. And there's people at the back end of the plane, for example, that are like dying, and there's people at the front end of the plane that are leaving with all their bags and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with this world? I just, I really thought, I, I really thought that that Grenfell would have been the catalyst that we need, that we could leverage to a better attitude around fire safety. And I'm not talking about just the way that we react to um, the way that we react to alarms. I'm also talking about the way we design buildings, the 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 whole thing of like profit engineering, the whole thing of like it won't happen to us. You know, this this massive assumption um, that we are so inherently safe that nothing will ever happen to us. This huge assumption that bullshit tick the box compliance exercise guaranteed safety resulting in just a complete false sense of safety. I genuinely thought Grenfell would be the thing that would get us out of this. And... And it hasn't, unfortunately. So I keep banging the drum as much as I can. And, and I know there's many of you out there that are banging the drum. And, and don't be disheartened as well, because every bit of work that you do with a client or your job or a contractor, every little interaction you have is a vote towards the world that we want to see. And we are all gradually making our changes. Every podcast we make, every conversation we have, every coffee and chat, every web every text every facebook post we just got to do it a bit better let let's focus on let's focus on educating people let's focus on giving people useful information let's focus on driving conversation around health safety and risk management that's impactful to actually actually save people's lives actually manage risk not to fucking tick boxes not to fucking just get us on site not to deal with the tiny little paper cuts and shit like that let's actually drive a conversation and safety towards towards actual risk management stuff that fucking kills and really hurts people instead of having these crappy little conversations about ticking boxes and oh we know it doesn't mean anything but we just have to do it let's fucking challenge it more people let's keep going all of us and i well and truly think that one day we will make a difference. We will gradually start to see the change. Maybe it won't be in my lifetime. Maybe it won't be in your lifetime. But if it's in my fucking kid's lifetime, great. If it's in my grandkid's lifetime, even fucking better. Great. It took that fucking long, but at least it's happened. Great. Anyway, what a fucking morbid episode that was. Um, Sherry was like, why don't you do a reacts on that, on the fire alarm going off? And I was like, I don't really know how I'm going to turn that into a whole episode. Well, fuck me. Just get James started ranting on why people don't react to fucking fire alarms and why people don't take stuff seriously and so on and so forth. I just think if we can just hold ourselves accountable as a safety professional, I know there's a lot of us that don't agree with this. I know there's a lot of you that don't agree with this, but I still stand by it. We cannot keep having these massive failings we cannot keep killing 140 people a year we cannot keep having these huge incidents like Grenfell and not turn around and go something we are doing as a safety profession is not good enough 
We can't keep going. It's the operational people. It's the finance people. It's not us. We have to hold ourselves to account. Because if things aren't changing, it's us. It's us that need to do better. Because we exist to help businesses stop that from happening. So if it's happening, we are part of that failure. I don't know. Maybe I'm way off base. If I am, drop me a message, DM me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. And if you want to come on here and talk about this, we can debate this. We can debate. I'd love, if you don't agree, I would love you to come onto the podcast and we could debate it some more. But hopefully um, I haven't depressed you too much on your way to work or your way home from work or whatever you're doing whilst you're listening to this. If you would like some help on more impactful safety, then that's pretty much what we specialize in at RiskFluent. So go check out riskfluentlimited.com to get some help with any of this stuff. There's loads of stuff we can do. And don't forget to go buy yourself some merch because it's cool as shit. Um, otherwise, I'll catch you next week. Safe. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.